Section 21 of Lives of the Saints with Reflections for Every Day of the Year by Reverend Albin Butler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. October 16th. St. Gall, Abbot. St. Gall was born in Ireland soon after the middle of the 6th century of pious, noble, and rich parents. When St. Columban left Ireland, St. Gall accompanied him into England, and afterward into France, where they arrived in 585. St. Columban founded the monastery of Anigre in a wild forest in the diocese of Basancon, and two years afterward another in Luxeo. Being driven thence by King Theodoric, the saints both withdrew into the territories of Theodebert. St. Columban, however, retired into Italy, but St. Gall was prevented from bearing him company by a grievous fit of illness. St. Gall was a priest before he left Ireland, and having learned the language of the country where he settled, near the Lake of Constance, he converted to the faith a great number of idolaters. The cells which the saint built there for those who desired to serve God with him, he gave to the monastery which bears his name. A synod of bishops, with the clergy and people, earnestly desired to place the saint in the Episcopal See of Constance, but his modesty refused the dignity. He died in the year 646. Reflection If any one would be my disciple, says our Savior, let him deny himself. The denial of self is, then, the royal road to perfection. October 17th, St. Hedwig, St. Margaret Mary Alacoque St. Hedwig, the wife of Henry, took a Silesia, and the mother of his six children, led a humble, austere, and most holy life amidst all the pomp of royal state. Devotion to the Blessed Sacrament was the keynote of her life. Her valued privilege was to supply the bread and wine for the sacred mysteries, and she would attend each morning as many masses as were celebrated. After the death of her husband, she retired to the Cistercian convent of Trebnitz, where she lived under obedience to her daughter Gertrude, who was abbess of the monastery, growing day by day in holiness, till God called her to himself in 1242. Margaret Mary was born at Thierry in Burgundy on the 22nd of July, 1647. During her infancy, she showed a wonderful sensitive horror of the very idea of sin. In 1671, she entered the Order of the Visitation at Pere le Monial and was professed the following year. After purifying her by many trials, Jesus appeared to her in numerous visions, displaying to her his sacred heart, sometimes burning as a furnace and sometimes torn and bleeding on account of the coldness and sins of men. In 1675, the great revelation was made to her that she, in union with Father de la Colombiere of the Society of Jesus, was to be the chief instrument for instituting the Feast of the Sacred Heart and for spreading that devotion throughout the world. She died on the 17th October, 1690. Reflection Love for the Sacred Heart especially honors the Incarnation and makes the soul grow rapidly in humility, generosity, patience, and union with its Beloved. October 18th, St. Luke St. Luke, a physician at Antioch and a painter, became a convert of St. Paul, and afterwards his fellow laborer. He is best known to us as the historian of the New Testament. Though not an eyewitness of our Lord's life, the evangelist diligently gathered information from the lips of the apostles, and wrote, as he tells us, all things in order. 
The Acts of the Apostles were written by this evangelist as a sequel to his gospel, bringing the history of the church down to the first imprisonment of St. Paul at Rome. The humble historian never names himself, but by his occasional use of we for they, we are able to detect his presence in the scenes which he describes. We thus find that he sailed with St. Paul and Silas from Tros to Macedonia, stayed behind apparently for seven years at Philippi, and lastly, shared the shipwreck and perils of the memorable voyage to Rome. Here his own narrative ends, but from St. Paul's epistles we learn that St. Luke was his faithful companion to the end. He died a martyr's death sometime afterwards in Achaia. Reflection Christ has given all he had for thee. Do thou give all thou hast for him. October 19th, St. Peter of Alcantara Peter, while still a youth, left his home in Alcantara in Spain and entered a convent of discalced Franciscans. He rose quickly to high posts in the order, but his thirst for penance was still unappeased, and in 1539, being then forty years old, he founded the first convent of the strict observance. The cells of the friars resembled graves rather than dwelling places. That of St. Peter himself was four feet and a half in length, so that he could never lie down. He ate but once in three days. His sackcloth habit and a cloak were his only garments, and he never covered his head or feet. In the bitter winter he would open the door and window of his cell, that, by closing them again, he might experience some sensation of warmth. Amongst those whom he trained to perfection was St. Teresa. He read her soul, approved of her spirit of prayer, and strengthened her to carry out her reforms. St. Peter died with great joy, kneeling in prayer, October 18, 1562, at the age of 63. Reflection If men do not go about barefoot now, nor undergo sharp penances, as St. Peter did, there are many ways of trampling on the world, and our Lord teaches them when he finds the necessary courage. October 20th, St. John Cantius St. John was born in Kenty in Poland in 1403 and studied at Krakow with great ability, industry, and success, while his modesty and virtue drew all hearts to him. He was for a short time in charge of a parish, but he shrank from the burden of responsibility and returned to his life of professor at Krakow. There for many years he lived a life of unobtrusive virtue, self-denial, and charity. His love for the Holy See led him often in pilgrimage to Rome, on foot and alone, and his devotion to the Passion drew him once to Jerusalem, where he hoped to win a martyr's crown by preaching to the Turks. He died in 1473 at the age of seventy. Reflection He who orders all his doings according to the will of God may often be spoken of by the world as simple and stupid, but in the end he wins the esteem and confidence of the world itself and the approval and peace of God. October 21st St. Ursula, Virgin and Martyr A number of Christian families had entrusted the education of their children to the care of the pious Ursula, and some persons of the world had in like manner placed themselves under her direction. England being then harassed by the Saxons, Ursula deemed that she ought, after the example of many of her compatriots, to seek an asylum in Gaul. She met with an abiding place on the borders of the Rhine, not far from Cologne, where she hoped to find undisturbed repose. But a horde of Huns having invaded the country, she was exposed, together with all those who were under her guardianship, to the most shameful outrages. 
Without wavering, they preferred one and all to meet death rather than incur shame. Ursula herself gave the example, and was, together with her companions, cruelly massacred in the year 453. The name of St. Ursula has, from remote ages, been held in great honor throughout the Church. She has always been regarded as the patroness of young persons and the model of teachers. Reflection In the estimation of the wise man, the guarding of virtue is the most important part of the education of youth. October 22nd, St. Melo, Bishop, St. Hilarion, Abbot. St. Melo is said to have been a native of Great Britain. His zeal for the faith engaged him in the sacred ministry, and God having blessed his labors with wonderful success, he was consecrated first bishop of Rouen in Normandy, which seat he is said to have held forty years. He died in peace about the beginning of the fourth century. St. Hilarion was born of heathen parents near Gaza, and was converted while studying grammar in Alexandria. Shortly after, he visited St. Antony, and still only in his fifteenth year he became a solitary in the Arabian desert. A multitude of monks, attracted by his sanctity, peopled the desert where he lived. In consequence of this, he fled from one country to another, seeking to escape the praise of men, but everywhere his miracles of mercy betrayed his presence. Even his last retreat at Cyprus was broken by a paralytic, who was cured by St. Hilarion, and then spread the fame of the saint. He died with the words, Go forth, my soul, why dost thou doubt? Nigh seventy years hast thou served God, and dost thou fear death? October 23rd, St. Theodoret, Martyr About the year 361, Julian, uncle to the emperor of that name, and like his nephew an apostate, was made count of the East. He closed the Christian churches at Antioch, and when St. Theodoret assembled the Christians in private, he was summoned before the tribunal of the count and most inhumanely tortured. His arms and feet were fastened by ropes to pulleys and stretched until his body appeared nearly eight feet long, and the blood streamed from his side. O oh, most wretched man, he said to the judge, you know well that at the day of judgment the crucified God whom you blaspheme will send you and the tyrant whom you serve to hell. Julian trembled at this awful prophecy, but he had the saint dispatched quickly by the sword and in a little while the judge himself was arraigned before the judgment seat of God. Reflection Those who do not go down to hell in spirit are very likely to go there in reality. Take care to meditate upon the four last things, and to live in holy fear. You will learn to love God better by thinking how he punishes those who do not love him. October 24th, St. Maglor, Bishop St. Magloo was born in Brittany toward the end of the 5th century. When he and his cousin, St. Samson, came of an age to choose their way of life, Samson retired into a monastery, and Magloo returned home, where he lived in the practice of virtue. Amon, Samson's father, having been cured by prayer of a dangerous disease, left the world, and with his entire family consecrated himself to God. Magloo was so affected at this that, with his father, mother, and two brothers, he resolved to fly the world, and they gave all their goods to the poor in the church. Maglor and his father attached themselves to Samson, and obtained his permission to take the monastic habit in the house over which he presided. When Samson was consecrated bishop, Maglor accompanied him in his apostolical labors in Armorica, or Brittany, and at his death he succeeded him in the Abbey of Dole, and in the Episcopal character. After three years he resigned his bishopric, 
being seventy years old, and retired into a desert on the continent, and some time after into the Isle of Jersey, where he founded and governed a monastery of sixty monks. He died about the year 575. Reflection Be mindful of them that have rule over you, who have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end. October 25th, Saints Crispin and Crispinian, Martyrs These two glorious martyrs came from Rome to preach the faith in Gaul toward the middle of the third century. Fixing their residence at Soissons, they instructed many in the faith of Christ, which they preached publicly in the day, and at night they worked at making shoes, though they are said to have been nobly born and brothers. The infidels listened to their instructions, and were astonished at the example of their lives, especially of their charity, disinterestedness, heavenly piety, and contempt of glory and all earthly things, and the effect was the conversion of many to the Christian faith. The brothers had continued their employment several years when a complaint was lodged against them. The emperor, to gratify their accusers and give way to his savage cruelty, gave orders that they should be convened before Rixius Varus, the most implacable enemy of the Christians. The martyrs were patient and constant under the most cruel torments, and finished their course by the sword about the year 287. Reflection Of how many may it be said that they labor in vain, since God is not the end and purpose that inspires the labor? October 26th, St. Evaristus, Pope and Martyr St. Evaristus succeeded St. Anacletus in the See of Rome, in the reign of Trajan, governed the church nine years, and died in 112. The institution of cardinal priest is by some ascribed to him, because he first divided Rome into several titles or parishes, assigning a priest to each. He also appointed seven deacons to attend the bishop. He conferred holy orders thrice in the month of December, when that ceremony was most usually performed, for holy orders were always conferred in seasons appointed for fasting and prayer. St. Evaristus was buried near St. Peter's tomb on the Vatican. Reflection The disciples of the Apostles, by assiduous meditations on heavenly things, were so swallowed up in the life to come that they seemed no longer inhabitants of this world. If Christians esteem and set their hearts on earthly goods and lose sight of eternity in the course of their actions, they are no longer animated by the spirit of the primitive saints and are become children of this world slaves to its vanities, and to their own irregular passions. If we do not correct this disorder of our hearts and conform our interior to the Spirit of Christ, we cannot be entitled to His promises. October 27th, St. Frumentius, Bishop St. Frumentius was yet a child when his uncle, Meropius of Tyra, took him and his brother Odysseus on a voyage to Ethiopia, in the course of their voyage the vessel touched at a certain port, and the barbarians of that country put the crew and all the passengers to the sword except the two children. They were carried to the king, at Axima, charmed with the wit and sprightliness of the two boys, took special care of their education, and not long after made Odysseus his cupbearer, and Frumentius, who was the elder, his treasurer and secretary of state. On his deathbed he thanked them for their services, and in recompense gave them their liberty. After his death, the queen begged them to remain at court and assist her in the government of the state until the young king came of age. Odysseus went back to Tyre, but St. Athanasius ordained Frumentius bishop of the Ethiopians, and vested with the sacred character he gained great numbers to the faith, 
and continued to feed and defend his flock until it pleased the supreme pastor to recompense his fidelity and labors. Reflection The soul that journeys in the light and the truths of the faith is safe against all error. October 28th of Saints Simon and Jude Simon was a simple Galilean, called by our Lord to be one of the pillars of his church. Zealots, the zealot, was the surname which he bore among the disciples. Armed with the seal, he went forth to the combat against unbelief and sin, and made conquest of many souls for his divine Lord. The Apostle Jude, whom the church commemorates on the same day, was the brother of St. James the Less. They were called Brethren of the Lord, on account of their relationship to his blessed mother. St. Jude preached first at Mesopotamia, as St. Simon did in Egypt, and finally they both met in Persia, where they won their crown together. Reflection Zeal is an ardent love which makes a man fearless in defense of God's honor, and earnest at all costs to make known the truth. If we would be children of the saints, we must be zealous for the faith. October 29th, St. Narcissus, Bishop St. Narcissus was consecrated Bishop of Jerusalem about the year 180. He was already an old man, and God attested his merits by many miracles, which were long held in memory by the Christians of Jerusalem. One holy Saturday in the church, the faithful were in great trouble, because no oil could be found for the lamps which were used in the Paschal Feast. St. Narcissus bade them draw water from a neighboring well, and, praying over it, told them to put it in the lamps. It was changed into oil, and long after, some of this oil was preserved at Jerusalem in memory of the miracle. But the very virtue of the saint made him enemies, and three wretched men charged him with an atrocious crime. They confirmed their testimony by horrible imprecations. The first prayed that he might perish by fire, the second that he might be wasted by leprosy, the third that he might be struck blind if they charged their bishop falsely. The holy bishop had long desired a life of solitude, and he withdrew secretly into the desert, leaving the church in peace. But God spoke for his servant, and the bishop's accusers suffered the penalties they had invoked. The Narcissus returned to Jerusalem and resumed his office. He died in extreme old age, bishop to the last. Reflection God never fails those who trust in him. He guides them through darkness, and through trials secretly and surely to their end. And in the evening time there is light. October 30th, St. Marcellus, the Centurion, Martyr The birthday of the Emperor Maximian Herculeus, in the year 298, was celebrated with extraordinary feasting and solemnity. Marcellus, a Christian centurion or captain in the legion of Trajan, then posted in Spain, not to defile himself with taking part in these impious admonitions, left his company, declaring aloud that he was a soldier of Jesus Christ, the Eternal King. He was at once committed to prison. When the festival was over, Marcellus was brought before a judge, and, having declared his faith, was sent under a strong guard to Aurelian Agricolus, vicar to the prefect of the Praetorium, who passed sentence of death upon him. St. Marcellus was forthwith led to execution and beheaded on the 30th of October. Cassian, the secretary or notary of the court, refused to write the sentence pronounced against the martyr, because it was unjust. He was immediately hurried to prison and was beheaded about a month after, on the 3rd of December. Reflection We are ready to die rather than to transgress the laws of God. 
exclaimed one of the Maccabees. This sentiment should ever be that of a Christian in presence of temptation. October 31st, St. Quentin, Martyr St. Quentin was a Roman, descended from a senatorial family. Full of zeal for the kingdom of Jesus Christ, he left his country and, attended by St. Lucian of Beauvais, made his way to Gaul. They preached the faith together in that country till they reached Amiens, in Picardy, where they parted. Lucian went to Beauvais, and having sown the seed of divine faith in the hearts of many, received the crown of martyrdom in that city. St. Quentin stayed at Amiens, endeavoring by his prayers and labors to make that country a portion of our Lord's inheritance. He was seized, thrown into prison, and loaded with chains. Finding the holy preacher proof against promises and threats, the magistrate condemned him to the most barbarous torture. His body was then pierced with two iron wires from the neck to the thighs, and iron nails were thrust under his nails, and in his flesh in many places, particularly into his skull, and, lastly, his head was cut off. His death happened on the 31st of October, 287. Reflection let us bear in mind that the ills of this life are not worthy to be compared to the glory God has reserved for those who love Him. End of section 21 Recording by Maria Therese